This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for Christmas Eve 2011. Great Expectations, The Witnesses. Well, Merry Christmas, Connection Community Church. Woo! It is great to be with you tonight here at Meredith Middle School. It is the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it's also Connection Church's birthday. We uh, had our first service in a little tiny room over on 100 West Green Street on December 21st, 24th, 2001, and wow, yeah. here we are tonight. Let's give God a hand give on that. Give God one, a huh? hand. Yeah, yeah. And so tonight, we tonight we celebrate 10 years of Connection Church, but we especially celebrate tonight the birth of the one the Hebrew people have been waiting for with great expectations. For centuries, they've been waiting for, they've been hoping for, looking forward to the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Savior. Isn't it funny, though, that after all that waiting, all that looking forward, all that fanfare... When the Son of God was actually born, it took place in a stable. Isn't that incredible? And the first to witness that most important birth in human history, the first that were outside, you know, Mary and Joseph and the, and the baby there, to witness it were shepherds. Regular, ordinary, common. In that day, they were considered almost low-life shepherds. They were the witnesses, and that's our focus this evening. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we do thank you for this night. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here and worship you. Worship you, Lord. Thank you so much. O holy night. Almighty God, open up our hearts so that we might hear your message possibly in a new way, or for the first time. And God, help us leave here a little bit different than when we came in tonight. We give this time to you. We set this time aside for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Now when we look back, we find that shepherds have been an important part of the, the Bible story almost from the beginning. The, the ancient Israelites, they were a pastoral people, and there were many, many shepherds among them. And in fact, many of our biblical heroes were shepherds. Abraham, the great patriarch of the faith, the one God told would be the father of many nations, Abraham was a shepherd. So was his son Isaac, and so was Isaac's son, Jacob. And Jacob's 12 sons were shepherds. Uh, the 12 sons were the men from whom the 12 tribes of Israel came. Years later, Moses. Moses also was a shepherd. And while he was tending his father-in-law Jethro's sheep up on the mountain, it was while he was watching those sheep that uh, the Lord came to him in a burning bush and shared with him the vision that it would be Moses who would go to Israel and free God's people who'd been enslaved there for 400 years. And so Alan just named a lot of different shepherds. There's a very well-known shepherd. You might have heard of him. His name is David. David was the greatest earthly king in, in the history of Israel and Judah, but David was a shepherd. 
In fact, when David was just a boy, he was out tending the flocks, and he got a call. He got called in from the field by the prophet Samuel, who anointed him king. Mm. And so we read throughout the Bible, shepherds have been crucial, have had a crucial role. And that continues. That continues. And we read now that the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds as they were caring for their sheep that night. And they shared, the angel shared the birth of Jesus. Mm. The good news of the birth of the Christ child, the one born in Bethlehem in the city of David. Can you even begin to imagine what it would have been like to have been a shepherd in the field that night? Mm. When the sky was just lit up by the angels who were singing glorious songs, proclaiming the birth of a son. Can you just imagine what that would have been like? As Linus said, as he was reading scripture, they were sore afraid. That would have been a little bit scary with the light all aglow and some angels coming out and saying that a Christ child was born. Yeah. You know, there are other shepherd connections when it comes to Jesus coming from Old Testament prophecies. Here's one that we find in the 40th chapter of Isaiah. Here's what we see. It says, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Well, well over 100 years later, after Isaiah wrote that, we turn to the prophet Jeremiah, who shares a similar word. I'm reading Jeremiah 31, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and watch over his flock like a... Shepherd. shepherd over and over and over again we get this picture of the lord as a shepherd caring for his flock and for good reason that is a picture in the scripture that the people could connect with because they were in a time where shepherds were all over the place that was a normal everyday thing to see shepherds or to know shepherds were out doing their job caring for the sheep a very easy connection that made sense mm. For us, on the other hand, um, we aren't as familiar with shepherds. They're not part of our culture, not as much a part of our culture. I mean, uh, how many have seen a shepherd this week? You know, we have a family in the church last night that said, well, we have our name shepherd, you know. But uh, <laughs> how many have seen a shepherd in the last year or five? I mean, we don't, we don't have a Newcastle County. I'll bet one or two shepherds. You've covered the shepherd market. That might be true for the whole state of Delaware, one or two. But, you know, so for us, we, we need a little bit more to really get the full effect, the full value of this analogy, this metaphor, this picture of Jesus the Christ as shepherd. But it's worth the effort to try to understand it because, because when we turn to the New Testament, we find Jesus himself referring to himself as a shepherd. It's not when he's a baby, but... A number of years later, when Jesus was in, in the ministry, he was around 30 years old. And that's when he shares more about shepherds. 
It's in the book of John. John is in the second half of the Bible in a place called the New Testament. And we're going to focus now on John, the 10th chapter. You see, at this point, Jesus was talking to some religious leaders who were giving Jesus a hard time because Jesus healed a blind man on the Sabbath. And that was a big no-no during that time. Jesus had violated the law. Well, during this uh, time, Jesus shared the analogy of a shepherd with those around him. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out, will find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd puts the sheep before himself, sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come and runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. Jesus continues by saying, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and my sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them, too. They'll also recognize my voice. Then it will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life. Do you hear that? Because I freely lay down my life, the Lord says, and so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I received this authority personally. From my father. And so by comparing himself to a shepherd, Jesus gives us this incredible picture of how much he loves us, of what he is willing to do for us, of what he's willing to sacrifice for us. Jesus says he is the gate. See, in those days, the shepherd or the sheep pen was like uh, uh, built with rock and often the, the gate was just an opening. And the shepherd would lay down across that opening. Literally, he became the gate. Two reasons. One, if sheep tried to escape, he could tell because they would walk across him. But more importantly, if somebody tried to get in to get the sheep, they would have to walk across the shepherd. In effect, that shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And so in so doing, laying life down for the sheep, we're reminded of the words of David as he's about to enter the field of battle one-on-one with that 10-foot giant named Goliath. He's about to enter the field of battle, and King Saul is kind of nervous. I mean, his uh, battle-tested veterans are there shaking in their boots. They won't go out there. And this little kid, David's ready to go battle against this huge, uh, weather-weary giant. And, and he's, he's kind of nervous for him. And David says, whoa, it's going to be okay, you see. I have done battle against lions and bears when it came to protecting my sheep. This is nothing. 
This little kid has battled lions and bears. That's what shepherds had to do in order to protect the sheep. Likewise, Jesus is prophetic as he shares that he will sacrifice his own life for the sake of the sheep, which he does several years later as he dies on the cross for you and for me. Jesus is the good shepherd. Sheep. You know, they're kind of cute and they're woolly and they're also kind of dumb. (laughs) Yeah, they're not too smart. They get themselves in places where they can't get out. It's like I've fallen and I can't get up. The sheep just aren't very smart. And they really don't even know how to protect themselves. And so they're prone to attack, attack by even wild and ferocious animals. We're going to take a look at Psalm 23, just one line out of Psalm 23. Would you say this with me? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, the rod and the staff refers to a shepherd, and those were tools that the shepherd used. The rod is a, was a weapon and a club with nails on the end to fight off the attacking animals. And the staff, it had like this crook, you know, the shepherd's staff, so that the shepherd, when the sheep would get themselves in a jam, they could kind of pull them out. They got stuck, and so the shepherd needed these tools to help to protect the sheep. Yeah. Here's the challenge, though. We're a lot more like sheep than we'd like to believe, than we'd like to admit. Because <laughs> we make some pretty bad choices sometimes, don't we? And we put ourselves in some places where we get stuck and have trouble getting out of. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Amen, too. And we're also pretty vulnerable to attack from, from outside ourselves at times, attack from the evil one. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd, the one who saves us, saves us from ourselves when we make those bad choices and get in places that we can't get out of, and also saves us from that outside attack, from, from the evil one, the one whose sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy you and me. Yeah. You know, Jesus, he's got a rod and a staff, and they comfort us, don't they? Yeah. Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd, and he said that in his ministry when he was an adult. But tonight, we're in Bethlehem. (laughs) Tonight, we are in the place, and we're focusing on the Son of God and his birth. And we find that the shepherds are the ones that are camping in the neighborhood. And they have been given the opportunity to be the ones on the scene, the first ones on the scene, to witness the birth of the one who people have been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. That's what we've been focusing on at Connection Church in December the messages of the Old Testament leading to the birth of Christ. People were waiting, people were yearning for the Messiah. And God chose the shepherds, those who were low on the socioeconomic ladder. You know what? That gives access to you and me. We're, you know, we're not 
people of great means, I'm sure. We're just regular, ordinary people. And God chose people like that to be the ones on the scene and witness the birth or be there, the greatest birth in human history. But it really makes all the sense in the world that the shepherds were chosen. Since the birth of this king did not take place in an ornate palace, but in a humble stable. That the birth of this king signifies that he came to serve and not be served. That humility is the birthright of this Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And so it would make all the sense in the world that it would be the shepherds who would be witnesses to the birth of the good shepherd of humankind. Now, I love the Christmas story, and especially the part that Linus shared with us. I love his telling of, uh, you know, the shepherds in the field and that whole story. It's just, just an incredible story, but um, great story. But, you know, what's it got to do with us sitting here in this middle school auditorium 2,000 years later in Middletown, Delaware? Well, check it out. As the great expectations of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years come to reality in that stable, in that manger, and these shepherds come face to face with the very um, Son of God, it's what the shepherds do next that absolutely speaks volumes. They didn't go quietly back out to the field and watch their sheep again. They didn't... uh, go scribble a couple pages in their journal and set it aside and call it a day. They, they didn't even sit around the campfire and kind of chew the fat on, on what happened that evening. What happened there on the field with the angels and the heavenly hosts and then going and seeing the manger. Now, what they did is what witnesses do. They shared what they had seen and what they had heard. And that was the good news of the birth of Jesus, the Christ. And the reason they shared it was because it was too much for them to keep to themselves. It was too much to keep it contained. It was just too much of a great thing to share to not share it. They had to share it. They didn't have a choice. Here's how Luke describes what they did. When they, the shepherds, had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Mm. See, they were witnesses, and that's what witnesses do. They tell what they know, what they've seen, what they've heard. If you're in a court of law, I swear to God, tell the whole truth, and I don't know about the truth, so help me, right? You know what I'm saying. You share what you know, what you've seen, what you heard. And that's exactly what the shepherds did after they saw the angel and God's heavenly host and then went into town to see the baby for themselves. Excuse me. They shared what they'd seen, what they were told. They shared what they knew concerning this child. And here's the really incredible part. When you consider that, again, shepherds, they weren't just low on the ladder. They were considered, a lot of people didn't trust them. They were fearful that they might steal from them. They were almost on a criminal level for some people. 
They often couldn't go to the synagogue because they were considered unclean because they were constantly in contact with the animals. These guys were really like the bottom of society. And yet, what it says here is, all who heard what they shared, or all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. People who normally wouldn't have, have the time of day to share with these shepherds, they listened to what the shepherds said, and they were amazed. These shepherds who made their living caring for the apple, animals, when these shepherds talked, the rest of the people they talked to were amazed by what they said. And there's a real good reason for that, a really good, simple, very simple reason for that. And here is why. It's because the story that those shepherds had to share is the most amazing story of all time. Of course the people were amazed. The shepherds were sharing a most amazing story. And that is that God cares for us. God cares for us. God cares for you. God cares for me so much that he came to earth to bring salvation to a hurting world. He came face to face. He came into the world just like every single one of us did as a vulnerable baby in order to reach us on our terms, in order that we might be able to, you know, see him in the flesh, the word made flesh. Another name for Jesus is Emmanuel, and that means God with us. That's what he did. He came to be with us and among us to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sin. He came to save us from the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. The good news tonight is that no matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at, no matter what we've done, no matter what our circumstances are, God loves us anyway. God cares for us. God knows every hair on every single person's head in this place. God intimately. Bruce, I know you got a lot of it, right? Yeah, okay. God knows every bit of hair on our head. Some of us, it's easier for them to keep count, right? (laughs) You know, the good news is that God really loves all people, and he used shepherds, those shepherds who were kind of outcast in society, to bring the good news, to share the message. And that good news was too good to keep to themselves. Yeah, God used the shepherds as witnesses. And you know, each of us tonight has the opportunity to witness. We get to witness the birth of Jesus, the Christ. Now, for some of us, we've witnessed before. Some of you have witnessed this before, and maybe you've witnessed it many, many, many times. And if so, praise God. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Because the really cool thing is you have the opportunity to witness it once again today, tonight. Once again, witness the birth of the Savior. To once again realize and acknowledge that God's love for us is so great, is so incredible, is so amazing that he was willing to send his one and only son to meet us face to face to bring us salvation. 
That's amazing. Our hope for those of you who realize this and are connected to Christ and have that personal relationship, our hope is that you can truly witness this once again as we celebrate his birth, maybe as though it were the first time, once again. And then there may be some of you who have never really witnessed this before. Oh, you've experienced Christmas, and you might have gone to church on Christmas Eve. You might know that Jesus' birthday is today, but you've never really witnessed the birth of your Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who came into the world to bring hope to your life. Maybe you've realized that Jesus is a shepherd and that shepherds care for their sheep. Maybe tonight's the night to claim Jesus as your shepherd because you are one of his sheep and he cares so very much for you. Christ can pull us out of those places where we get stuck. Christ can change relationships, can give us peace when there doesn't seem to be any peace, can bring mercy and forgiveness into our lives when things seem all but just completely destroyed. It's the hope and the peace of Christ that carries us through those ups and downs of life. We pray that today, if you've never done so before, that you realize that Christ claims you as one of his very own. That you've been claimed by a most high king. And if you say that for the first time, if you take Christ into your life for the very first time tonight, it's not only the birth of Christ, but it's your birthday. It's your spiritual birthday, a a day when you have new life and you don't have to leave here, you know, feeling downtrodden and, and full of gloom, but instead full of joy, unspeakable joy. And you can live the life that God had planned for you. When God first thought of you. And then you in turn can share that with others. The shepherds were, she- were, were the sheep, but we can be like the shepherds as well. And give witness to the love of Christ to anyone who will hear. And so we hope this Christmas that, that you are truly amazed whether this is Uh, the umpteenth time that you've uh, understood Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe the first time, or whatever, wherever in between. We just hope and pray that you are truly amazed when you consider what God has done in order to let each of us know how much He loves us. That you know that the one born in a manger came for you to save you, to bring you life and to bring it to the fullest. We hope this Christmas that you can truly connect with Jesus and the life that he offers, and that maybe, just maybe, you can be a witness as you share that connection with somebody else. And we're going to share a prayer in a minute. And this prayer is uh, for everybody. For those who know Jesus in a personal way, it's for you. And if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, it's for you as well, because in that prayer, it's an opportunity 
to talk to Jesus. I'm going to share a prayer that you might want to follow along with. And it's an opportunity to invite Jesus, not only as a baby in a manger, but as the one who died on the cross to give us new life. Invite him as part of your life so that you can realize new life in Christ. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Most holy God, I just want to say thanks for the shepherds, for the witness they are. And please help us to, um, to likewise realize that we can be a witness as well. I, I pray for each one here tonight, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit would visit each one here. For those who have, have known you personally for a long time, I would pray that there would be a freshness of spirit, that they would know you in a new and renewed way, that it <clears throat> wouldn't be same old, same old, but they would, in this recognizing the birth of the baby, that, that they would recognize some kind of a new birth in their life, a new aspect <clears throat> to their relationship with you, that they would realize in, in a new and refreshed way what you mean to them and how they can serve you. And for those who are here tonight, Lord, I pray that you would visit each one who doesn't know you personally. And we want to take a minute right now to offer a prayer. And those who don't know you personally, I would hope that you might open their spirit to share this prayer with you that they might invite you in. And, and it kind of goes like this. It would go like, Dear Lord, I am a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. You know I'm a sinner. That's, that's no secret. You, you know I've sinned. You know I'm in many ways far from you. And, and my challenge is, Lord, I cannot save myself. I've tried. I can't bring my own salvation. And yet tonight, Lord, we're reminded that you bring the salvation in that baby in a manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. I, I pray, Lord, that I would recognize Christ and, and in, know that he is my Savior, that he is the one that can save me from my sin. I pray, Lord, tonight to invite you, Holy Jesus, into my life. I invite you to take my life, to, to uh, give me the strength to and the courage to give my life over to you. Allow you to be the driver, me to be the passenger, because you can do a whole lot better job with it than I can. I pray that you help me to, from this day onward, to recognize that, that I am a sinner and that you are the Savior, and that it is only through you that my sin can be forgiven and I can realize life eternal with you now and forever. We ask these things in your name, most holy Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. All Connection Church gathered at Meredith Middle School said, Amen. Amen. You know, earlier we lit the Christ candle. <clears throat> Christ said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But what's really cool, another place in Scripture, in Matthew 5, in Matthew 5, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And he said, hey, this thing is too good to keep to ourselves. You, you can't have a light up on a hill and hold it under a bushel basket, man. You've got to shine. Basically, I think what it is is God, uh, Jesus Christ, is shining through us. Like there's little uh, sun catchers in the window. I like to spell it S-O-N. We're the sun catchers. We catch the light of Christ and it shines through us. So we're going to take the light from Christ, from the Christ candle... And we're going to light candles here, and we're going to spread this light. Now, tonight, 
Many times we light candles through the congregation, but there's so much drippy wax from that, we don't want to destroy this nice new uh, upholstery. So we're going to use electric candles tonight, and it's kind of hard to light it off of this. (laughs) But what we're going to do is we're going to pass these lit candles to the ushers, and they're going to come up the aisle. We ask you to wait until the usher gets to you, to your row, to turn your candle on. It's a switch on the bottom. It's symbolic of the light of Christ as it goes from one to the next into the world and how we can be carriers of that light as we go out in the world after we leave this evening. The little Christ candle comes to us and then shines through us and we pass it on to the next person. So we're going to pass that on right now. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website, at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.